Hello and welcome to another episode of Momental Mountain today. For the next two episodes, I'll be covering apple breeding. In this week's episode, we'll be covering the breeding for scab and fireblood resistance within apples, as well as breeding for increasing genetic diversity. Over time, there's been a general move towards the use of a smaller number of less genetically diverse apple genetically diverse apple lines. These lines have been selected as a consequence of them meeting marketability specifications within grocery stores. These lines include Red Delicious, Golden Delicious, Jonathan, and Cox Orange Pippin. As a consequence of following these marketability specifications, the total gene pool has been reduced, with only a small fraction of the total gene pool being used in modern commercial breeding projects. As a consequence, 73% of all modern cultivars, or at minimum, have siblings. As of right now, 9 out of the 27 PRI scab-resistant cultivars are also highly inbred. Within the 77 modern cultivars studied in a paper by Dr. Noyton, all are between 2 to 5 times more inbred than the overall apple gene pool. Several of these cultivars, especially those related to Cox Orange Pippin, are lower in vigor and have overall higher death rates in comparison to the overall mean. To cover this topic well, you'll cover cultivars suited to be used in fire blight and scab resistance breeding programs. These cultivars could also be used to broaden the genetic pool of modern cultivars. You'll start by talking about the elephant in the room. Both Red Delicious and Jonathan have latent resistance to fire blight. This fire blight resistance can be manifested when combined with other cultivars, including each other, within the breeding program. Priscilla and Pinova are such examples. Likewise, Cox Orange Pippin also has latent resistance that can be made manifest when combined with other cultivars, Fiesta being one such example. However, the inbreeding that is happening within apples has been caused and has continued to be caused by the overuse of these cultivars. So to max out the genetic diversity of apple cultivars, these five foundation cultivars should not be used within an independent breeding program. As is what usually happens, when a cultivar becomes popular, it becomes incorporated into the modern breeding program to be used as a cultivar to breed new lineages, and will likely be mixed into something that has one of the five founders within its pedigree. Adding these five founder cultivars into a breeding system that's independent will inevitably create the risk of cross-breeding siblings in modern breeding programs. Before we begin earnest, we must talk about the different types of disease resistances within different crop species. There's only two, quantitative resistance and qualitative resistance. Quantitative resistance is controlled by a great many genes and is representative of the plant's overall ability to fight off pathogens. Through the release of tannins and other more generalized and other more generalized biochemical and physical means of inhibiting pathogen movement and growth. Next is qualitative resistance. This is usually controlled by one gene. These are called R genes. These R genes can recognize a chemical protein that's specific to a strain of that disease. These proteins are called effector proteins that allow for the disease to infect the host. The R genes code for an opposite chemical that, upon detecting the pathogen-specific protein, will trigger cell death of the infected cell. This will likewise kill off the pathogen. This only works on pathogens that are biotrophic, meaning that they only are able to survive on living tissue. Both this effector protein and the corresponding protein detector protein within the pathogen and plant respectively are controlled by one gene. As a consequence, 
As a consequence, one mutation can circumvent this R-gene resistance. But while it works, it works 100% effective. So long as that one gene works, there will never be any infection regardless of the environment. In the case of quantitative resistance, it is not 100% effective. Theoretically, it can get up to 99% effectiveness, but no more than that. In a bad year, the disease can overcome even the most robust quantitative resistance. The benefit of this is that this type of resistance is broad spectrum and can last pretty much forever. There are a few known R genes for scab, but there's no R genes for fire blight because the bacteria that causes fire blight can consume dead material and living material. This makes cell self-destruction ineffective at controlling this pathogen. One paper I'm referencing is a paper by Dr. James J. Juby. Three genetic groups were found and studied. One group had fire blight resistance heritability of 0.026 or low heritability. As such, it's best to combine such, such resistant cultivars with other resistant lines. The heritability is even lower in the second group, hanging around the 0.16%. Group 3 consists of experimental cultivars that neither I nor you will be able to get your hands on. So it does not matter, but the heritability is 0.06 and quite low. So, no how you slice it, group 3 is not really relevant for independent apple breeder. Within this paper is multiple cultivars that pass on resistance to fire blight. That will be the most easily found heritage cultivars, especially in Canada. You'll start off with Pitmas and Pineapple. This is reported to be an open pollinated seedling of the English apple Golden Pippin. Although this cultivar is susceptible to fire blight, its progeny is quite resistant to fire blight. This may indicate a latent resistance to fire blight that manifests when combined with other cultivars. This is a group 1 cultivars. This is a group 1 cultivar. The next cultivar we'll cover is Wyken Pippin. This is an English apple and open pollinated seedling of the French apple Renette French. This cultivar has unknown fireblight resistance, but passes on high levels of fireblight resistance to its progeny. This is also a group 1 cultivar. The autumn pear remains also an English apple, this time of unknown pedigree. This cultivar has unknown fireblight resistance, but passes on a high level of fireblight resistance to its progeny. This is another one of the group 1 cultivars. All the ones that come after are group 2 cultivars. Fenula Grease is a French apple of unknown pedigree. This cultivar has unknown fireblight resistance, but passes on high levels of fireblight resistance to its progeny. Northwestern Greening is an English apple of unknown pedigree, and historical records suggest that this cultivar has moderate fireblight resistance, but this cultivar does pass on high levels of fireblight resistance to its progeny. The Rosemary Russet is an English apple and open pollinated descendant of the Nonpareil. This cultivar was also a parent of Cox Orange Pippin. As such, it's unwise to crossbreed its line with any cultivars with any lineage in Cox Orange Pippin. Any cultivars you breed using this Rosemary Russet should not be crossbred with Cox Orange Pippin either. This would be a primary means of preventing inbreeding. This cultivar passes on high levels of fireblight resistance, and its parent may be the source of Cox's latent resistance. There are many cultivars of apple bred in the PRI program that have the added VFR gene for scab resistance. There are around 27 cultivars bred within this research program, all of which have this VF gene integrated into them. In Israel, the researchers had already made a large number of cultivars with this VF gene integrated into them as well. 
After eight years, mutant strains of the scab fungal pathogen had evolved with a slight variation in the affected protein, rendering this trait defunct. It is only a matter of time before it happens here. As such, a focus on quantitative traits is the best option for long-term cultivar productivity. The best part is that all the cultivars I've listed have, histori have historical scab resistance of the quantitative sort. These are just some cultivars suited to breeding fire blight and scab resistance within the framework of breeding new mid to late season cultivars. Next we will cover the breeding of early season apples and apples for Northern Ontario. Thank you for watching. Thank you for watching this video. If you enjoyed this video, please like and subscribe. If you really enjoyed it and think you can donate, you can do so at Buy Me a Coffee. Link in the description below. Thank you for watching.